on Thursday night at our prayer meeting, we had a particular moment where uh, where Elaine felt to share a particular piece of scripture, and and as she read it. Um, you know, in, in the midst of our, our prayer meeting, there was just this really weighty, like, whoa. And so, um, so as we received that word in our prayer meeting on Thursday night, we, um, we, we just really felt to invite Elaine to come and uh, read that scripture for us this morning. So, Elaine, would you come and do that? Um, when we were praying on Thursday night, I felt... Um, I, well, I saw a picture of us, of us as a bride walking up the aisle towards Jesus as Saviour, and um, and the the expectation of seeing him face to face and being the bride of the Lamb, and it made me think of the uh, the fact of our white robes and, uh, and that verse. Um, who are these who come and who have the white robes? Who are these people? And I looked it up, and that's the background to what I wanted. To to read Revelation 7 verse 9 after this I looked and behold right in front of me I saw a vast multitude of people an enormous multitude so huge that no one could count made up of victorious ones from every nation tribe people group and language they were all in glistening white robes standing before the throne and before the lamb with palm branches in their hands And they shouted out with a passionate voice, Salvation belongs to our God, seated on the throne and to the Lamb. All the angels were standing in a circle around the throne with the elders and the four living creatures. And they all fell on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, singing, Amen, praise and glory, wisdom and thanksgiving, honour, power and might belong to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders asked me, Who are these in glistening white robes, and where have they come from? I answered, My Lord, you must know. Then he said to me, They are ones who have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb, and have emerged from the midst of great pressure and ordeal. For this reason they are before the throne of God, ministering to him as priests day and night within his cloud-filled sanctuary. And the enthroned one spreads over them his tabernacle shelter. Their souls will be completely satisfied. And neither the sun nor any scorching heat will affect them. For the lamb at the centre of the throne continuously shepherds them unto life, guiding them to the everlasting fountains of the water of life. And God will wipe from their eyes every last tear. And I felt that this is a, these are the verses that we need to meditate on when we're going through pressure, when we're going through trials and great, even tribulation, that the end result, the end time, is the victorious ones, a great multitude. It's not just going to be a few people, that even though we look at the world and see um, there's so, so much uh, desperation and um, that we kind of get pessimistic and think, oh, you know, everyone's going to hell. But there's going to be a huge multitude of people there. It won't be um, just a few of us. It's like with um, Elijah when he said, oh, I'm the only one left. But there were 700 prophets who, who hadn't bowed the knee to Baal. So we need to remember that too, that we are part of that victorious army and that we don't have to worry about what's going to happen, that God has got us control in every situation and that we just need to look at Jesus as we would as a bride going up the aisle to meet her husband. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. I pray that uh, today that you'd open up our eyes and hearts and minds to the truth of your word, that you be glorified and, ch- and we be changed in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I'm really humbled and privileged for this opportunity to speak to you this morning. Um, so I hope I can keep it together. <laughs> yeah, so um, I wasn't going to share much of my testimony today, but I will because, um, yeah. There's some people here in this room that have uh, had a part to play in my coming to the Lord. So my name's Danny Spence. I'm saved by grace. And I need it. (laughs) 
Saved by the grace of God and the blood of Jesus Christ yeah. at the cross of Calvary. Yeah. And three days later, he rose from the tomb. Yeah. And there's no one like him. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I was, uh, my wife Rhonda, she's down the back there, Rhonda, and I got a daughter Ruby and a stepson John who's in Australia. So I was born, um, <laughs> oh yeah, I'm a driving instructor, with they, <laughs> whether you want to know that or not, doesn't matter, <laughs> and a defensive driving provider, yeah, you'll, you'll, that might come out in some of the things I say later on, some AA jokes. Um, so, <laughs> so, um. I was born in uh, a, f- a learner license holder's worth of years after the World War II finished. Yeah, so you can work that out. <laughs> you have to be 16 to go on your learners. Okay, yeah, so I'm um, born in a family, a Catholic family in Pyro. Uh, I was the eighth of nine children. Yeah, how was it houseful? Um, yeah, I um, just went through, I'm, I'm going to have to abbreviate this and make it really short and sharp, hopefully. So... Went through the normal teenage rebellion, went away from, from God, even though when I was a little boy, uh, the nuns came to visit us and they said, what are you going to be when you grow up? I said, I'm going to be a priest. That came true. Kings and priests. Hallelujah. Yeah. Melchizedek's order. Yeah. So um, I rebelled and uh, went off track, as we do. And, um, and then one by one, my family started getting saved. My eldest brother... Uh, there had been a lady walking around the neighbourhood in Edinburgh Street, Mahi Beach, and she walked around and kept laying hands on this letterbox. And every day, or you know, not every every weekend, she was laying her hands on the letterbox. And so Tom's wife, Sally, went in, what are you doing? She says, oh, I'm praying for salvation for your family. She invited her in. They started talking. Sally got excited, told Thomas about it. And he's going, I don't want to know about it. And tell me about that. He wanted to carry on his life. And he and their, their marriage got a bit stressed there for a while. He went to... Um, he said, he came home from the pub drunk one night and said, Lord, if you're real, take this drinking away from me. The following weekend, he went to the Waihee Beach Hotel, opened the door, could smell the smoke and alcohol and went outside and threw up. Ne- <laughs> never drank again. Never drank again. Never smoked again. Gave his heart to the Lord. Bought all of us a Bible each. We had a Bible. He gave each one of us a Bible. Mine had, in the front, it's got t- Timothy, a scripture from Timothy. Do your best to come to me soon. I... D- <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's not funny because it took seven years. Anyway, so <laughs> I, um, I, I, um, I read the Bible through from the beginning to the end and um, I loved it. I knew it was a truth. You know, you're convinced. Once you read the Word of God, there's no turning back. And um, I um, went back to the Gospels and Revelation. I love that stuff. But I, um, I had a dream. And the Lord, I saw a kind of like I was running away from this quartz face of the Lord, and I was running away, running, he goes, no matter where you run or hide, I'll always love you. (laughs) And he pursues us, and he loves us. His love for you today is such a level of intensity and passion. It's uh, it's unreal, it's amazing, it's amazing. So I ran away, and um, (laughs) I flew to London, I thought he'll never find me there. (laughs) But I took my Bible. And, um, yeah, I was reading it, and I, we watched the 6 o'clock news. This is 1988, 87, 88, and I was talking to my friends, and we'd read the 6 o'clock <laughs> the news. We'd, read the, we'd look at the news, and I'd say, look at this. this the six o'clock, it's in the Bible, Matthew 24. This, it's all in the news. And they're going, I'll be quiet. They just they didn't want to know about it. I'd wake up laughing. The Lord would wake me up laughing my head off. And um, when I did become a Christian, one of the first things prophesied over me, a lady from Blanche Gurney from Pyro Baptist said to me, the joy of the Lord is your strength. And I've held on to that, and um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good word. It's a good one to have. Because <laughs> I think God's funny. I think Jesus, I think he's amazing. I think he's hilarious. Look at monkeys. You know, the stuff he's made. <laughs> Look at the stuff he's made. It's just, it's, 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 he's, he's got a funny way, he's got an amazing way of doing things. So um, I came back from the UK and uh, via the States. It doesn't matter where I went. Went to a few different countries. Um, I was working at the Meatworks, and I got saved by the blood, while I was covered in the blood. <laughs> um, <laughs> still off track, though, because I, I was in a relationship, and it, it, we had diverging views on the world and life, the preciousness of life. And so that relationship brought me to my knees, and, um, yeah, 
I had to do some serious thinking. So I, there was a day off at work, and I went to Bowen Town. I went fishing. I was going to think about my future. So I went fishing. And I <laughs> As you do. And went fishing you know, down the hill, and so I'm facing the harbour, not in Anzac Bay, just around, so there's some water rushing through, and there'll be fish. And I'm fishing there, and thinking about the law, and thinking, what am I going to do? And not catching anything. And then I turn around. By the way, my brother who got saved also gave me a video, VHS back in those days, um, a video of um, a glimpse of eternity. So that's Ian McCormick's testimony. So I turn, turn around, here's Ian and Jane McCormick walking down the track. <laughs> and they're fishing over beside me. And I'm like sitting there. And he's like, boom, boom, pulling in all these fish. Now I know what it feels like to be Kristen and <laughs> going fishing with Kristen. Well, they he's pulling all these fish, and I'm going, I go, oh, have you fished here before? He goes, oh, yeah, my mother used to bring us fishing here, and we were kids, Mel Mel Rock. And I goes, he, he didn't know who it was. I said, so is that Mrs. McCormick? And he goes, huh? You know, how do you know me? I says, oh, I just saw your video this week, your testimony. And um, if you heard Ian's story of it, it's different. He's coming down the hill with his newlywed, coming down to go fishing. Oh, he's there. <laughs> but when he got there and um, we, we spoke, they went away praying for me. And I really appreciate that. Because that changed the path of my life. Yeah. Yeah, so I, um, I've been, look, I'm having trouble sleeping. I've, I just get poems and words come to me. The Lord churns over words and they mellow through. So I've got this little poem about that particular situation. There, there is a man amongst us, a man of resurrection. His life was heading on a path to dereliction. The God in his mercy had divine selection. This man dived into the sea somewhere near Mauritius. When he was a kid, he always thought jellies were delicious. The, the, the devil sent him five of them and they were quite malicious. <laughs> his, left, his friends left him to, on the side of the road to die. He looked up to heaven and started to cry. A taxi went by. He hailed the cab. But all they wanted was who's paying the tab. It wasn't long after that he ended up on a slab. Meanwhile, back in New Zealand, good old Mrs. Mac. The Holy Spirit prompted her, your son is well off track. She prayed the Lord's Prayer for divine intervention. He prayed the same prayer at the same time that I mentioned. Travelled through Hades, darkness thicker than the night. Drawn up into heaven. By a glorious light, face to face with the Saviour with eyes of fire. He said, Ian, do you wish to remain or do you wish to return? Ian looked over his shoulder and said, that place can burn. But then he looked again out to the yonder blue. A multitude of people were standing in a queue. And down the back, a man called Danny with his arms are waving round. Oh, Ian, come fishing down at Bowen Town. <laughs> come tell me about heaven's prince. Come tell me about eternity's glimpse. Yeah. That was just a testimony. Have you got to the. <laughs> I don't know. It's just. But wait, there's more. <laughs> I don't know if I'll get through this. I'm aware that you've got children, and so I have to try and keep things flowing. And um, Kristen's message on the first was it first of August? Resurrection, Lazarus, and um, he 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 just set up things so nicely. How he brought that out and coming out in the grave clothes. And so I'm going to be linking in with what Kristen has spoke about the death of Lazarus and the resurrection. I'm speaking about the resurrection of Christ and it's going to be going on to Ken, the final resurrection. So I'm the, uh, the jam in the middle. Mm. Kristen felt at the end of his message he thought it would have hit the mountain, but I think it's still soaring. 
Yeah, I think the Word of God is hovering over us, and He's keen to see us. He's really keen. So here we go. Introductory. Oh, the empty tomb. So he spoke about the, the, the amazing thing about our faith compared to other faiths is that Jesus got up. Jesus rose again, yeah. So I have a little poem about that one too. So, um, Buddha's bones are in the ground. Muhammad's grave can still be found. We serve the God of an empty tomb to argue that there is no room. Hallelujah. 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 I once was lost, but now I'm found. My heart's been changed. I've turned around. Now my soul is heaven bound. For that I make this joyful sound. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. So. <laughs> I just got my glasses. Just grab my glasses out of my bag. It's a little. Yeah, thank you. Nice one. Good on you. I won't be able to see otherwise. Hallelujah. Jesus is king. Changes everything. Look at that. Where's that, where's that resurrection thing? That, John 11. That amazing thing, that text that you brought out. I am the resurrection. The I am, one of the I am statements. I am the resurrection of the life. Say no more. I am the resurrection of the life. Holy. So I'm going to... Um, Oh, and then I'm going to be trying to take it from Lazarus into the Passion Week, culminating in the resurrection and profound immensity of the implications of our inheritance and future in the coming days. That's my headline, yeah. So um, starting from Genesis in the fall, so Adam relinquished authority. He gave it away. Over authority, all that was given. So when, he, when Adam and Eve were dealing with the Lord in the early parts of the Bible there, the Lord is named as Elohim. And when it's I am at the end of it, it's plurals, like seraph is one angel and cherub is one angel. Seraphim is, you know, seraphim is a bunch of them and cherubim is a heap of them. So Elohim is, Adam and Eve were dealing with the Godhead. They had Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Hey, so it's one of the things, it's, it's amazing to think that that changed. After that, he was known as Adonai, Yahweh, and all the other amazing names of the Lord. But he was, Adam and Eve were dealing with the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Then the Father took over, and then we, we got Jesus and his um, moment in history, and now we've got the Holy Spirit. Praise you, Holy Spirit. We thank you and give you glory, Holy Spirit, that you are God. You're awesome. You're awesome. We can't come to you without you. We can't come to the Father without you. So, the fall. Um, yeah. And then the Lord says to Satan, about, you know, the woman's seed will crush your head and you will bruise his heel. So he's telling them what's going to happen right from the beginning. The salvation story, redemption. And the devil, from then on, was trying to deal to the seed of the woman, trying to get rid of who the saviour might be. And, and, and that's why uh, Israel gets such a thrashing. Okay. Um, I need a drink. Um, where are we going? So the, you wouldn't think a genealogy would be interesting. You read the genealogies and you think there's not much in that. The family of Adam, and it goes, Adam lived 100 years, and he begot a son, and then Seth, and they begat and begat and begat. So I'm just going to go through that because there's nothing ordinary about it because the names, the Hebrew language is amazing. It's a language, a language. I'm studying, I'm doing a little bit of study myself on Hebrew. I love it. I love learning it. I love the nation. love the people. And they've carried the word well. They've given us, you know, we're, we're grafted in. And um, they've, done a, they've done a great job. Okay, so um, Adam, his name means man. Seth, his name means appointed. Enosh, mortal or frail. Kenan, sorrow. It's not a very good name to go to school with, is it? And your name means sorrow? It's not very... Mahalalel, blessed or praised one, the blessed God, in other words. Yared or Jared, shall come down. Enoch. Commencement or teaching. Methuselah, met, myth, the, met, the word math is death, and salah to bring forth. Lamech, lament or despairing. Noah, comfort and rest and relief. So in that genealogy, when you put all the names together, there's the gospel. The gospel's in there. Man is appointed mortal sorrow. But 
the blessed God shall come down, teaching his death shall bring the despairing comfort and rest. (laughs) That's just the genealogy. And there's the gospel in there right from the beginning. God's got a plan. He's got a plan. He loves us. Genesis 6, there's a bit of an incursion, a spiritual incursion where the devil comes down and tries to contaminate the gene pool. He was successful in that, uh, except for Noah, uh, a righteous man. And it wasn't just the righteousness and his holiness towards God. His chromosomes weren't deranged or malfunctioning. His gene were pure in God's sight. So God decided to... Um, he was grieved. He was grieved in all he had made. That was really hard for him to, to see all that he had made get ruined by wickedness of man and an incursion by the enemy. And um, yeah, he, he was grieved by that, but he, <laughs> in his grace, what's amazing is there was only three groups of people involved with the flood. You're either in one of three groups. You're under the water and gone. You're in the ark and you're saved. Or you're Enoch. And you're out of there. You're a rapture. <laughs> Hallelujah. I know which group I want to be in. <laughs> Woo. Can't help it. I'm just, I'm not trying to um, push an eschatological view on anyone. I'm just saying what, the God, what God's word says. Okay, here we go. The flood. Genesis. Landing in the, oh yeah, the landing in the ark. So the, there's, there's little details that, you know, nothing that he's wasted. Every, a jot, every yacht and tittle. Every, every little common... Pro- it's like God crosses the T's and dots the I's and all of them are significant. Every number, every full stop, everything means something significant. So here it says, when the fountains, uh, the, the sea went down, the waters receded, the ark rested on the seventh month and the 17th day of the month. What? What's that about? The 17th day of the month. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus rose on that day. That's resurrection day. There's a new life. The ark's landed, the doors open, and they're walking into new life. Stone's been rolled away. Hallelujah. That's awesome. God's got a plan. He's seeing it through. He sees it through to the end. So, what did I go? Genesis 14. What happened there? Lots of captivity. Oh, yeah. I didn't realize in the message I'm starting to bring something in about Melchizedek. Now, Melchizedek's a mysterious guy. Um, Abraham, who was Abram, and then the Lord changed him, and said I, and put a here in there, a H. The H letter was added to their name. It's a here. That letter's the breath. So the breath of God came into the middle of their name. Whoo, yeah, and they just changed. That's totally different from then on. So, um, holy, holy. Is the Lord God Almighty. Yeah, Abraham won this battle and he went and took, he offered up and gave a tithe to a guy called Melchizedek, the king of Salem. Salem, so like Shalom, it's the king of peace. And Salem later became Jerusalem. Um, and that's, that's the first record of uh, communion. He was the king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was a priest of the God Most High. Blessed be, he blessed Abraham. In Hebrews, it tells us a lot more about Melchizedek, but he's an interesting guy. I don't know, I don't have a final answer about him, but it says that he has no mother or father, no genealogy, no genealogy, and no beginning or end of days. Wow, who is that? I don't know. I've had some people say it's Shem. I've had some people have different ideas, but um, what I do know is that there are only three entities in the Bible that are kings. And priests, because Israel was, Judah was kings, Levi was priests. But there's only three entities that are kings and priests. Melchizedek, Jesus Christ, and the church. We're kings and priests, yeah, that's awesome. That's a big deal when you get to Revelation at the end days and uh, we're in there in heaven and the 24 elders in there. There's there's some people there saying, (laughs) it was close to what, there's a few chapters before what Elaine read. When, uh, who was going to open the seal? Who's going to open the seal? And the, and the lamb that was slain came forth. And, the, and these guys are wearing white gowns and throwing down their crowns. So they had white priestly dress, dress, but crowns on the head. And they threw the crowns down. And they were saying, you've redeemed us. 
by your blood. So that's the redeemed. Now in heaven. Before mayhem breaks loose on earth. Hallelujah. Now, Kizadek Genesis, I'm going to have to whip through here. How's the time? Just let me know if I go too fast or go too slow or you don't hear anything or I miss something. Oh, you don't know if I miss something. <laughs> 22, the Akidah. Another story of resurrection. Abraham, Abraham, take your only begotten son to a mountain I will show you in Moriah. So uh, Abraham and took Isaac and piled the, the firewood up on the back of the donkey and took a couple of servants and they went there. And uh, symbolism of you know the father and son uh, onto the same mountain that um, thousands of years later another father would give his son. 777 metres above sea level. Perfection, perfection, perfection. Um, and Kristen's message about, uh, something really sparked when he, he was talking about um, a, few, a month or so ago about um, um, Elijah speaking to the, the prophets. And, they, and you said that the mountain was 497 metres. I thought, that's interesting you said that. Because straight away I thought, four is creation. It's, a, it's creation. Um, nine is judgment. And seven is perfection. So that was a creative judgment that brought perfection. Hallelujah. That's awesome, eh? It's awesome. It's amazing. I think it is. Um, yeah. The Akidah, yes, so here's, um, they're going up, the, they left the servants here, and uh, Abraham's taken Isaac up, and uh, I, don't know, he, I don't know if Abraham was riding the donkey, probably, uh, I mean Isaac, probably the wood, the firewood, and they're going out there, and Isaac's going, oi, <laughs> the wood's here, and, and, um, and the flame's here, and, you, and you've got a knife, so where's, where's the lamb? Oh, amazing words of God. God will provide himself a lamb. Just let that one sink in. God will provide for himself a lamb. And he did. And he did. So Abraham got up there. He was, I'm pretty sure he would, Abraham had such faith and believed God. God said, you're going to have, you're going to have you know, multitudes of children in the future. He, he said, oh, well, he was, going to, he was going to go through the act knowing that God would resurrect Isaac. But then this ram that had been going up there every day, this ram had walked up that track for three years. I don't know that. But he's walking, he'd been walking up there for years and he always scratched on the same bush. And this day, the horn got stuck in the thorns. Oh, he looks over and sees Abraham coming. Oh, and he's like, <laughs> and then, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> but there's, there's a picture of, there's also, there's also a picture in that. See that, when he, by the time he got the ram out of the thorns, the thorns are wrapped around its head. You know, it's like, like, yeah, wrapped around the ram's head. I, that's what I picture. Another picture, typology. God works in types, shadows, and similitudes to reveal his plan for us. Everything is relevant and amazing. <laughs> so, who went down the mountain? Do you know? Who went down the mountain? Abraham and Isaac, you would say that? Would you think? Yeah, yeah. You would think that, eh? It doesn't say that in the Bible. Interesting, eh? Types and shadows. Isaac is written out of the story for two chapters. Mm, he's not mentioned. The Holy Spirit's edited him out. Edited him out for a reason. Check it out. So, Abraham's got a servant who was going to, he was going to collect everything and, and be an inheritance, but until the promised son came. And uh, his name was Eliezer of Damascus. So um, Abraham sent him to get a bride for his son. So the father, type of the father, sends Eliezer, which means comforter, to go get the bride. Father sent the Holy Spirit to get the bride. Ooh, that's awesome. That's awesome. The next time Isaac's mentioned is when the bride looks up and sees him. Here, yeah, Rebecca, thank you. Here, yeah, Rebecca, that's her name, yeah, so. That's cool. That's excellent. I love it. I love it. Okay. Now I better get moving. Exodus, Moses, Feast of the Lord. Oh, yep. So we're moving on to Exodus, Moses. Um, all the babies are getting killed. Moses got saved and then went into the household. Of, that's amazing how God does that. All the babies are getting killed to get rid of them. There are too many Hebrews. They're breeding too fast. 
and one gets into the household, <laughs> right into where the, you know, the, the plan for death came from, and then life came to the household, and resurrection came, uh, uh, liberation came. So he instituted the feasts of the Lord, Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits, weeks, trumpets, atonement, and tabernacles. So the first three are spring ones, and the last three are autumn, later in the year. I'm just going to move quite quickly, talking about the ministries of Elijah. And then um, Elijah, Elijah raised, he, he raised the widow from Zarephath's son. And then he, he, got, he got raptured as well. He's gone. So Enoch, Elijah. Is there only two people that ever died? I don't know. I don't know. I kind of think about Melchizedek being the third, but I, I don't know. I don't know about that one. I think God likes to do things in threes. Um, it might be us who next. <laughs> the rapture might be the third one. Anyway, so um, stay on track. It's supposed to be resurrection. Stay on track. Okay. So um, <laughs> Elijah. Yeah, and then it talks about Elisha taking up the mantle and, and carrying on. He had a similar ministry. So he raised the, the, the widow from... Shunamite? She's a Shunamite or something like that. Raised her son, similar way. Unusual way of raising the dead, sort of lying on top of them, but that's what happened, and they raised him from the dead. So, And then Elisha's ministry, when it comes to the end in Second Kings, it's talking about Elisha, this, this, this. Then Elisha was died and buried. And it's like, oh, there's a sudden cutoff. And then it says, and Moab raiders came. Uh, Moabite raiders. Moabite raiders. They're class six, aren't they? Well, Moabite? Moabite Raiders, yeah. Moabite Raiders. Oh, sorry. Sorry. So they are Moabite... Sorry. That's the AA joke. So Moabite, Moabite Raiders. They, they came down. These guys were carrying this uh, funeral procession. They were carrying a, uh, a body down to, to lay in the tomb. The Moabite Raiders came. And so they, they, they rolled him into the tomb and he rolled over and landed on Elisha's bones and he's up. That's an amazing story. That's amazing. So here's the guys... That rolled them in there, and they're like running away. Here comes the Moabites, and they're running away. And then they go, "Oi!" They turn around, and they turn around, and their mates coming out of the grave. And they go, "Ah!" And they're going twice as fast. <laughs> well, that's how I imagine, anyway. <laughs> they just run. Oh, Moabite raiders! Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that guy's back out. Yeah. Can you imagine that? That's how I imagine it, anyway. God gives me imagination. Thank you, Lord. Elisha, Elisha. Uh, Job, even Job. Did we get a Job scripture there? Not, that's okay. That's okay, mate. I don't. Where's Job? Thank you, Lord. Thank you to make it easy for me. I just want to read a scripture from Job. This is one of the earliest books in the Bible. Um, 1925 and 27. For I know that my Redeemer lives, and he shall stand at last on the earth. And after my skin is destroyed, this I know, that in my flesh I shall see God. Yeah, amazing, eh? Amazing. Resurrection. He knew. He had faith. He knew. He believed. Excuse me. Now, I'm going to link in to um, Jonah. The Pharisees said to the Lord wants show us a sign. Show us a sign. And Jesus said, the only sign you're going to get is the sign of Jonah, who was in the depths for three days and three nights. I think uh, Les took a really good study of that at the men's meeting one night just recently, and apparently it was amazing. And uh, we, yesterday morning's men's breakfast, Nathan's testimony, oh, it was amazing, from, from darkness into light, from the valleys into the mountains. It was amazing testimony yesterday too. It was cool. Inspiring. Oh, I'm getting down to... Um, I'm just going to link it into New Testament now. We're coming into here, link it into Lazarus. Yeah, so Jesus delayed his kind of arrival to where Lazarus had already died, you know. He just delayed. That's weird how he said, hmm, and he just hung back. But then he just, I am the resurrection and the life. Fully confident. It was for the people's benefit of the disciples and that to find out, wow, this is who he says he is. Um, <laughs> triumphal entry. I need a bit of space for this. There's going to be some um, 
So I'm whipping forward now. After Lazarus has died, the, the Pharisees are on to Jesus. They want to get rid of him and they want to get rid of Lazarus. They don't want any sign like that. They're going, look how the whole world has gone after him. You know? And Caiaphas goes, don't you know anything? It's better than one man die than the whole nation go. So he, he had a plan. He was onto it. Um, in a bad way. So the triumphal entry into Jerusalem of Jesus. <laughs> wasn't what they expected. They were thinking this. Yeah, sorry. They were, they were expect, like the, the Pharisees, the religious people were thinking the king is coming and they're thinking a big, you know, they're thinking this. Jesus comes on a half-size donkey. It wasn't even a full-size one. It was a half-donkey. It was like donkey's colt. And he's like this. So instead of, Jesus is like. <laughs> coming in on this donkey with his feet nearly touching the ground. <laughs> and they're going, hey, who's this? So they didn't recognize him. And the <laughs> they're going, who's this? <laughs> Can't you imagine that thing? He'd be shaking. <laughs> and so the people that had seen Lazarus get raised and had, had their shriveled arms extended and they could walk again and their ears open and their eyes open, they believed. They were there. They had their palm branches. They were throwing down their cloaks. Hosanna. They were saying, Baruch Baba Shema Danai. Hoshiana, Hoshiana, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna. They were you know, laying down the ferns and just and the Pharisees are going, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. They can't say that because they, they were proclaiming Jesus the king. Hey, you, can't, you can't do that. Jesus says, if they don't sing it, the rocks will. So down on the side of the road, here's the rocks. Boys, we're on. We're on next. We're on. It's, it's rock. It's time to rock and roll. Yes. It's just, just, no. We're not doing heavy metal. <laughs> granite, granite, do something with that hair. Oh, it's not hair, it's moss. <laughs> Definitely not a rolling stone. <laughs> Wacky, did you bring the guitar? Oh, I thought you was bringing it. Yeah, so, yeah. So, that's, so that's what I imagine the rocks are doing. That's just my imagination. But, but it's, if Jesus said the rocks will cry out, they would have. Yeah, he doesn't, you know, he, what he says is true. So all creation proclaims his glory. You know, in Nagaland, I was told that I went to Faith Bible College, 95, 96, and Dear Short was telling a story about Nagaland where uh, the, the pe they had revival, amazing revival, where 98% of the country became Christian. The people were having their, their windows open, a dove land on them, on the windowsill, telling them Jesus is coming. The, the, peop the people working in the forest and in the trees, and the, the, the trees were speaking to them, Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming. And they, yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing, hey. So, where are we? <laughs> Did you love those rocks? <laughs> Later on, their big brother was going to get rolled away. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, Hallelujah. Where am I? Book of John, I'm not even here yet. Another drink. How about 11? I haven't got to the, haven't got to the cross yet. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, Lord, I just thank you and praise you for your perfect plan and your perfect word. Mm. Last Supper. I think the Last Supper is a real significant, oh, of course it is, you know, time. And, yeah, I think you like Judas... Was, had his scheme going. I think Jesus knew. I, I think he spent time with each mentoring and discipling them. But he probably never let on to the others what Judas was like and where he was heading. Because when they said, when are you going to betray me? They went, 
Who? Is it me? Is it me? They didn't know. Jesus hasn't let out what Judas is like. He, he, he preserved his integrity. If he had any. And if he didn't have any, he still preserved it and honoured him in a way, even though he knew what was going to happen. Isn't that amazing? So in the Last Supper, there's a, there's a significant scripture there. I don't know if that's something there. It probably isn't. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. Where's Jesus? He's there. Where are we? He's going to build a house. He's going. That's the, that's, the, uh, that's the pattern of the Hebrew wedding, the ketubah, you know, the, the, the betrothal, where they drink three cups and they leave one for the, for the uh, wedding feast. And, and um, the bridegroom goes away to build an extension onto the father's house. And then he's coming back at a time not expected with the sound of a trumpet. And she's got to be ready. And that's us. We're going to be ready. We're going to be ready. The Lord's coming soon. And Lord, make us ready. Well, thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're purifying our hearts. You're changing us to not look at ourselves, but to look to you. No matter what's happening in the world, with all the dire things that are happening, and you can see the control coming and fear trying to be imposed on us, Jesus is king. That, over, that overcomes that, that's for sure. Gethsemane. Oh, you know, at the last supper, Jesus said, I've desired fervently. To, to have this communion with you. He's right into it. He's fully engaged. Gethsemane went to pray. There was torment and agony in there that I think prepared him for what he was going to be going through. You guys stay awake for me a little while. I'm just going to go and pray. <laughs> Comes back an hour later. Peter says, well, if you die, I'll go and die with you. <laughs> and he's like, you know, it's just how, that's, you know. Probably this, the same. I would have done the same, probably. Um, flesh is weak. Oh, Lord, thank you. We're going to um, start bringing this in. So a whole lot of kangaroo court trials where he was trialed illegally, appeared before, you know, three or four different people trialed illegally. And uh, there's nothing right about any of the way he was trialed. They were held at night in the wrong place and, you know, no witnesses for defence, just witnesses for the... And, and they were, some of them, they were all false. And so, you know, Caiaphas is asking him, are you the son of God? And Jesus says, yes, I am. And you'll see the angels descending and ascending. Caiaphas rips his priestly robe. He was a high priest. Annulled it. Annulled the priesthood. Annulled his priesthood. Jesus got a one piece that when he got, and I think I mentioned that before, when he was crucified, that was folded up and kept intact. He is a priest in the order of Melchizedek. His priesthood is forever. It's eternal. And he arranged the whole thing. He was ordering around the guys, the soldiers, okay, who you come for? And Jesus says, oh, you know, we come for Jesus of Nazareth. I am. Boom, they fall over. I love those I am ones. When John 8, 58, when they're, when they're having a go on about, you know, and he said, oh, uh, Moses longed to see my day, and he did, and he rejoiced. And they said, you're not even 30 years old. You see Moses? And he said, Jesus goes, before Moses was, I am. Boom. Hit the deck. The voice of the Almighty blew them away. Hallelujah. We're getting nearly there. So, Jesus robes. And then 1 Corinthians. I think I'm just going to, um, yeah, so the, the cross, central to our faith. The cross is central to our faith. The crucifixion, the blood of Jesus, the perfect Passover lamb given for us. One without sin. So when Jesus was born, seed of the woman, and overshadowed by the Holy Spirit, the blood of a, of a fetus, I'm pretty sure, it remains within the fetus. So there's an umbilical cord nutri you know, for nutrition for that baby. But as the baby grows, that blood of Jesus didn't come from earth. It came from heaven. He bought blood from heaven. It was, it was heaven blood. It was pure. It was uncontaminated. Otherwise, you know, he couldn't have redeemed us. I think it's, oh, I think it's, I think it's awesome. So the life is in the blood. And Jesus shed his willingly. He gave himself. He gave himself for us. Um, 
1 Corinthians 15. I think the, uh, yeah. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you and also received in which you stand. But I'm, I'm, there's a lot there. Hang on, I'm just, I'm just going to go to one more thing. Um, what is it? Oh, sorry. I remember. Jesus, help me, Lord. Jesus. Yeah, that's it. I believe Jesus was crucified on a Wednesday. That might put uh, might rock your boat a little bit as far as the Friday, Good Friday thing, but um, it says that they came to the tomb on the first day of the week. That's Sunday, so you count back from that. So um, Wednesday, the creation. It goes with fourth, the fourth day. It's creation. Um, it says in different bits of scripture that uh, this hour he cried out his last so that was, that was 3 o'clock there's a small window of opportunity where he was prepared and laid in a tomb by Joseph of Arimathea so he's a clever businessman, businessman Joseph, he's a rich guy following the Lord, looking forward to the kingdom and had a tomb there etched out, for, you know, dug out for Jesus carved out and, they, and his friends are going like Oi, what did you give your tomb to the rabbi for? And he goes, Oi vey, it's only for the weekend. Yeah. So, I, um, <laughs> so back in creation, the Lord said, create this, I create this, I create this. And then it was Erev, and then it was Bokal. Erev is evening, so I can say Erev Tov, and that's good evening, and Bokal Tov is good morning. So there was Erev, and there was Bokal the first day. So he was counting it from night to morning the next day. Then there was Erev and then Bokel, the second day. That's why uh, the Jews celebrate Shabbat, Friday night sundown, till Saturday night sundown. Yeah. So yeah, quite cool. Um, so I think Wednesday night at a window of opportunity where uh, he went into the tomb till Thursday night, that made one day. Friday night, that made two days. Saturday night, that made three days. Sunday, he's up and away. Hallelujah, risen. Our Lord is risen. Hey, I can see you starting to sort of like go to a bit of sleep here. How can I enliven you? The Word of God, that'll do that. I'll just read out a proclamation. Romans, where's those glasses gone? That's after Acts. Romans 8.11. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So we've got resurrection power within us through the spirit of God. Yeah. There is no salvation without a cross. There is no redemption without a resurrection. The resurrection is a crowning event in God's plan of redemption. It is a cornerstone of Christianity. It's the foundation of our faith and it's a guarantee of glory in heaven for those who believe. Yeah. So I'm just gonna um, I'm just gonna pray. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for life in your word. Thank you for power. Thank you, Lord. It's not a dead word, it's a you're a living word, Lord. You're the way, the truth, and the life, Lord. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are really keen to see us fulfill the purposes that the Father has. Lord, so I just want to pray and declare over this gathering, over this land, Lord. We just, uh, we speak into the heavenly realms over Torongamawana, the Bay of Pliny, the plentiful place, and we say Jesus Christ of Nazareth was crucified, died and buried, shed his blood. We proclaim that he rose again after three days. Death could not hold him down. He's got the jailhouse keys. He's got the key to death. We are inheritors of his life. We give you the glory, Lord. We thank you and praise you. And uh, we're looking forward to the coming. It's coming soon. He's coming soon. He's coming soon. Hallelujah. Mm.
I don't want it to be just a good talk, though. I want it to be sort of something like we can just, you know, go, go ahead with. Anyone keen to pray? Anyone got something itching in your heart? Anything bursting forth? On the road to Emmaus after the resurrection, see, every time Jesus appeared after his resurrection, he was eating. That's my kind of saviour. Hey. <laughs> so the disciples were on the beach and they got fish. And then he met with the guys in Emmaus and they had bread. And he walked through the walls. He's like a glorified body is transcending our physics. He's just walk in, you know, eat. Glorified body, amazing. The only man-made thing in heaven is his scars. Yeah, interesting. So... Um, on the road to Emmaus, he met a couple of guys, Cleopas and, and another guy not named, who must, they're not in their 12, they're in the 70 in the, in, the, in the outer circle of disciples. And they're going, he goes, what are you talking about? And, and he says, what is it you're speaking about? And they said, haven't you heard? Where have you been? Of Jesus, who is of great works and was crucified, now he's, he's gone. And, they, and Jesus opened up the scriptures to them, beginning with Moses and the prophets. And their hearts did burn within them. I've tried to do that today. Just start from the beginning of the Bible and bring it through like that. So that our hearts would burn within us. That our eyes would be open. Lord, open our eyes. Stir up our hearts for your glory. We need changing, Lord. Enlighten us. Set us on fire, O God. We pray for the fire of God to come and set us on fire, Lord. That we would be proactive. Responding to that intensity of the passion and love that you pour upon us daily, Lord. He loves you. Jesus loves you. That's not a cliche. That's a life coming into your spirit right now. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you so much. He loves you so this much. He loves you this much. He loves you this much. My arms are stretched out. He loves you this much. That's as far as the east is from the west. Not north and south. There's a pole. There's a pole there and there's a pole there. East and west is never ending. Hallelujah. He loves you. He's really, really keenly interested in you and wants to spend time with you. He loves you. Thank you, Lord. Your perfect love, your perfect plan. We give you glory. Mm. Mm.